Welcome to the Starting Line Church Sermons Podcast. Here at Starting Line Church, we are all about helping people embrace that there is more to life through Jesus. This sermon was first given at Starting Line Church in Cleveland, Ohio. Hey everybody, welcome to Starting Line Church Online. We are so excited that you have joined us as we continue our Possessing the Promise series all about the book of Joshua. So far, we have talked about all kinds of things, the transition from Moses, the leadership of Moses to Joshua, the spies entering Jericho and witnessing Rahab's faith, and then when God parts the Jordan River for the Israelites to cross over. There has been a lot happening in just three weeks, and today we get to continue the story in Joshua chapter 4. This is immediately after last week's message, where the nation of Israel has just witnessed this incredible miracle of God parting the waters of the Jordan in two. So it's really a direct continuation of that. Israel, they finally made it to their destination. They have experienced God's divine provision in their lives again. And they've officially reached the promised land. Have you ever been on a long journey in a car before? I'm talking a car specifically. When I was a kid, my family drove to Disney World uh, in, in Orlando in our minivan. When Zach and I came back uh, to Cleveland from our residency in South Dakota, we drove our U-Haul trailer all that way in one shot without stopping, uh, staying the night anywhere. And let me tell you, those situations were adventures. Think about those long car trips where all you want and all you're thinking about is getting out of the car. The first hour or two usually goes okay, right? It's fun, people are getting along, you're li listening to your music, you're watching your movies, you're eating your snacks, but then something happens and for whatever reason, you get agitated. And you start looking at the clock, and, and then when the frustration hits, someone asks the question, I assume all parents dread, say it with me, are we there yet? Let's just be real, at some point in our life, we've all asked the driver, are we there yet? When we know very well we weren't there yet. But you don't care because you're tired, you want to stretch your legs, you're hungry, and you're just so excited to get where you are going because it's been such a long trip. This is what I imagine the Israelites are experiencing in this moment. They had been in Egypt for hundreds of years. They've been in the wilderness for decades. And all these generations later, they finally make it to the promised land. This is it. This is what they've been waiting for. And this is where we're going to pick up reading today in Joshua chapter 4, starting at the very beginning in verse 1. When all the people had crossed the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Now choose twelve men, one from each tribe. Tell them... Take 12 stones from the very place where the priests are standing in the middle of the Jordan. Carry them out and pile them up at the place where you will camp tonight. So Joshua called together the 12 men he had chosen, one from each of the tribes of Israel. He told them, go into the middle of the Jordan in front of the ark of the Lord your God. Each of you must pick up one stone and carry it out on your shoulder, 12 stones in all, one for each of the 12 tribes of Israel. 
Okay, last week we talked about the Ark of the Covenant, how it was Israel's most sacred and precious treasure because it was a symbol of God's presence and God's power with them and guiding them. It was a very large rectangular box about three feet by two feet, weighing approximately 150 to 200 pounds. So the priest stood with the Ark of the Covenant in the river when it took the entire, the entire time that it took the nation of Israel to cross over as a token of God's presence going before them. And so when they finally step out of the river, it was the moment. Like it was the mark. It was the moment where they finally reached the promised land. They had made it. It was this aha moment that God is in fact who he says he is because he does what he says he's going to do. So they finally make it after their long destination, not in a car, but it feels like it. And so we think, what's next? Well, unfortunately, it wasn't a luxurious vacation, sunshine or butterflies. What was next was conquering the promised land from their enemies. That would take a long time and it would include many challenges. And so before they do that, before they step into that, they're fi- they finally arrived and God has something specific for them to do. We read that he tells Joshua, hey, choose 12 men, one from each tribe for them to take a large stone from the place that the priests were standing in the river. The 12 tribes collectively formed the Israelite nation. They were Jacob's 12 descendants, his sons, and those 12 tribes made up the whole nation of Israel. So he's, God says, hey, one person from each tribe is supposed to go grab these stones from the dry riverbed where they just came and carry it out with them. Let's keep reading in verse six. We will use these stones to build a memorial. In the future, your children will ask you, what do these stones mean? Then you can tell them. They remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant went across. These stones will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. So the men did as Joshua had commanded them. They took 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, one for each tribe, just as the Lord had told Joshua and they carried them to the place where they camped for the night and he constructed the memorial there. In our lifetime, a memorial or a monument is a physical representation of something important or worth celebrating or worth not even celebrating, but worth acknowledging. We have birthdays, anniversaries, holidays that are deemed important days. When we think of the 9-11 memorial in New York City, we remember the events that happened on September 11th, 2001. We think of the Eiffel Tower, the Great Wall of China, the Statue of Liberty as important symbols in and around our culture. Monuments are a specific moment, are about specific moments getting remembered in order to tell a greater story for years to come. And we see this word memorial here used in verse six and the Hebrew word for it means a distinguished mark, a banner, a miraculous sign. It also means proof of something. 
So what God is saying here is, hey, go pick up the stones as proof of what I just did. Pick up the stones as a sign of who I am. Go pick up those stones as a mark, as a banner for this to be remembered for years to come. And in this moment, God reminds his people of two really important things. The first one, to remember what God has done. Remember what God has done. There was so much symbolism and meaning behind what they were doing here. Because in the event of picking up these stones as a sign, as proof to build a memorial with, they weren't just random rocks. Like these were not just, they weren't just building this tower with useless stones that they found on the side of the road. They were physically part of the miracle that God had just performed. When God parted the waters, he separated the Jordan, the Israelites walked through. These stones were underneath their feet. And the Lord says to them, stop right there. Go back, take the exact same stones and build a monument with them so you never forget this moment. Think about when you don't want to forget something. What do you do? You put reminders on the fridge. You put reminders on the phone. You put reminders on your calendar. You set alarms. You tell other people, don't let me forget this. There are things that you do and that you put in place so you can remember whatever it is you need to remember. This moment for the Israelites is similar to this. To always remember what God had done. Because I have a really hard time believing that God just parted the waters of the Jordan just for the purpose of this single event. Like it wasn't God just feeling generous that day or feeling like performing another power move in this specific moment. Now, I'm not saying that God didn't care about the Israelites or want to protect them or help them. I'm just saying I think it was bigger than just this. Years earlier, God promised the Israelites this land. And so this was the fulfillment of that promise. And so the Lord stops them and has them take this stone so they would never forget what God had done in that exact place. Because in our humanity, it's so easy to forget that the Lord is who he says he is. It's so easy to question that God's plans are good. It's easy to doubt if God is for us. It's easy to become wishy-washy in our faith because we become distracted with all the things around us. We become selfish with what we want. Our fears cripple us from acting on anything or moving in any type of direction. And in God's divine nature, he understands that we're going to struggle with that. For goodness sake, he watched the entire nation of Israel turn their backs on him over and over and over again when he continually was good to them. He knows how naturally we can be in our humanity. So with building this memorial out of the stones, they crossed the, when they crossed the river, God was saying, hey, now you don't have an excuse to forget. So that when you're tempted to get off track and everything seems uncertain in your life in the, for the future, they can go back and remember what God did. Not just in this moment, but through the whole journey from slavery to the wilderness to the promised land. These 12 stones were a remembrance of Israel's deliverance so that when someone would see the stones, they would hear God saying, remember what I did. 
Remember what I said. Remember what I promised. I always do what I say I'm going to do and I'm going to do it again. Because remembering what God has done will help us trust him with what he will do. Think about your life. Think about the things you've learned about God. Think about the trials or the moments in your life that you've been through that have developed your faith, developed your character. Where have you seen God work and move? How have you seen God speak to you? We have to think about those things. Because when we look back to those moments of remembering God's faithfulness, it'll help us get through what's to come. So then times of difficulty and stress and fear and doubt and the days you want to scream out, God, where are you? You can go back to what he's already done, to what he's already shown you, and what he's already said to you. Whether it's a pinnacle moment in your faith, whether it's certain Bible verses, whether it's simply that Jesus gave his life for you on the cross, we can hold on to that stone and remember it. So not only to remember what God has done, the second thing is to testify to what God has done. That's what God is, is meaning here when he does this. Testify to what God has done. The definition of testify is to give or serve as evidence, as proof of something else. You are declaring that you witnessed something, you have experienced something, and therefore you can share about the reality of what it was for you. We see this in the court of law when you're standing uh, as a witness to something that happened, but it's also a term for how we communicate our faith as well. We are called to testify to what God has done. So not only do we remember what God has done on a personal level for our own spiritual lives, we're called to testify and talk about what God has done with others. Where the first one is about us, the second one is about our relationship with other people. In this passage, we see that these men who are part of this were instructed to go and share what happened that day. They were told to continue talking about what happened for generations to come. Because if they didn't, nobody would know. So when their children asked them, and when other people asked them, what are these stones for? What do they represent? They can say, oh my goodness, let me tell you about what my God did. This wasn't just a reminder for the Israelites to make themselves feel better in challenging situations. It was to encourage other people so that when they were going through a difficult time, they could lift them up. They could encourage them. And so these stones were a representation that whenever they looked at them, they would be reminded that they weren't done here. This wasn't the end. There was way more to crossing the Jordan than just beginning to conquer the promised land. It was the beginning to all they had to share with others about who their God was. But sometimes we get into this mindset in our faith journey that it's like personal to us. We live like our faith in Jesus is just for ourselves. And if we're good, all is good. We don't need to talk about it. We don't need to share it. We don't need to leave, live differently because of, because of it. But none of that is what God has in mind. 
we see here in Joshua that God commands these people to testify to what they have seen and witnessed. And he calls us to do the same. And if you're thinking, well, I'm an introvert, I'm shy, I don't really communicate that well, that's okay. Because God is not telling you to go preach to large crowds of people and stand on the street corner talking to random people about Jesus. He's telling you to talk to the people that are already in your life, that you already have relationships with. Your friends, your coworkers, your family, your neighbors. When someone asks you a question about your faith or what you did on Sunday or why church is important to you, you can tell them why. You can testify as proof to what you have experienced and how Jesus has changed your life. Because people can, uh, they can argue the Bible, but they cannot argue your story. A little sneak peek for next week is that the Israelites' next battle was the Battle of Jericho. It's the first land that they had to conquer. We will save the details of the story for next Sunday, but we what we need to know is that this battle was not going to be easy. One where they might have wanted to give up in the middle of. And God is so much bigger. He, he, he knew this was coming. He sees things we don't see. And he realizes that before the Israelites could win these physical battles, God had some work to do on them spiritually. He knew that without conquering their hearts, they would not be able to conquer Jericho because what was coming was hard. What was coming would test their faith and their patience and their endurance. But because they had just built a memorial of stones in order to remember God's faithfulness just a while back, it would help them to trust that God would be faithful again. Maybe not in the way that they thought, maybe with different details, but they could trust that God knew it all. So my prayer for us today is that we would confidently and boldly remember what God has done in our lives. And we would testify to what he has done to whoever asks us. That we would remember that we serve a faithful God. One that promises us hope and assurance in something so much bigger than ourselves. So today we're going to take some time to respond to God's word that is live and active and relevant in our lives. The reality is we're just like the Israelites and we need reminders to remember what God has done and to testify what he's done. So as you process and as you go from here and as you think about these things, I want you to imagine taking a stone. Maybe you're going to go outside and go get a stone. doesn't matter. You can. <laughs> I want you to imagine taking a stone and using it as your physical reminder that God is for you. He's with you. And for it to remind you to remember what he's done and to testify of what he's done in the future to allow him to trust him more. Thanks for listening to our sermon podcast. If you want to learn more about Starting Line Church or to help support our ministry here, check us out at www.startingline.church.